Street veteran Bernard Madoff has been arrested and charged with running a $50 billion Ponzi scheme. Congress wants to know what caused the Enron meltdown. Now, well, the collective rage currently is focused on WorldCom. Tyco CEO Dennis Kozlowski was convicted of looting hundreds of millions of dollars. This is one of the biggest fraud cases ever. Their president's a crook. Well, I'm not a crook. Find out more on this week's episode of White Collars, Red Hands. Imagine that you wake up one morning and you know that this is the day you leave your family and never look back. While packing your bag, trying to be as silent as you can, you reflect on the strange set of circumstances that has brought you here. Your parents were nice enough, but when you told others that they were half-brother and sister, you always got weird looks. Eventually, you stop telling outsiders. You have enough people to talk to anyway just in your family because your mom isn't your dad's only wife. No. She is the seventh out of 17, and you have over 300 at least half-siblings to wild the time away with. Some may think it is weird, but for you, all of this seemed normal. It's all you've ever known. And there are 3,000 other people that have followed this way of life in an organization that has lasted coming up on a century of existence. But that all changed recently. You met someone and fell in love with them, but your parents found out that you had been talking to an outsider and they want you to marry within the organization in two weeks. And they've found someone for that union. Only problem is... They're your first cousin. Sound like some Game of Thrones shit? No, it sounds like some fucking West Virginia shit. Well, maybe. But this was reality for Mary Kingston, daughter of David Kingston, who was a high-ranking official in a Mormon sect known as The Order in the suburbs of Salt Lake City. In addition to all of the crimes of The Order that Mary was privy to, she also happened to work in their financial center, which boasted a biofuel company run by a prominent member. Mary knew a few secrets about this company as well. Something that could bring the group down for good. All she had to do was get out of there. She told her sister to start breakfast and slipped out the back with a packed bag in the hopes of never looking back. Did she make it? And what did she know? Find out on this week's episode of White Collars, Red Hands. I love juicy cult shit. Juicy cult shit. It is so fascinating to me. Oh my God. What was it that you said like uh, two weeks ago? You said a juicy something sandwich and it was really weird. Oh, I wish I could that remember. Sounds about and I, right. I'm about to say, and I know you don't. <laughs> I don't remember, but me saying something weird—that sounds right. Yeah, I'm also realizing now that in that I said Mormon sect. We're gonna get into it. I guess they're technically not a sect of Mormonism. They're like an off branch. Yes, but oh, whatever yeah. semantics, bullshit, whatever. The Church of Latter Day Saints does not condone polygamy anymore. No, not since. Well, we'll get into it. Oh. Uh, Ooh. <laughs> uh, welcome back, everybody. White Collars, Red Hands. My name's Kashan. And I'm Nina. 
And we're back uh, with another episode for you today, all about the order and uh, the Book of Mormon. Mormon. This is the second time we've done this. They're oh, getting, well, it's too good. They're getting really, really tired of our rendition. Um, but yeah, we're back uh, with another episode. Uh, it's a crazy one. I'm not gonna lie. Who? Yeah, buckle up, baby. I think this is one of the craziest stories. Button your collar. At least that I've researched for the podcast in a while. Well, Issei Sagawa was pretty bad. Yeah, that one was bad. But this one's just like wild. A lot of twists, a lot of turns, cults, murder. No, there's no murder. But uh, Well, that we know of. Yeah, not that. Well, there might be a little like like tangential murder, but I don't mention anyone dying. But I'm sure someone died somewhere. Oh, you know? yeah, they totally killed people. And those cults. They off people all the time. I, well, not this cult. I think they're just having like weird eyes wide shut parties. But like, if everyone there, Ooh, but if like, but if it was sexy, but if it was also a family reunion, Ooh, you know, not sexy. Yeah. So, uh, and they're not step. Like we're going past the step sibling like online fascination. It's just drop step. siblings. All right, and it shits weird. So how is this? Oh, yeah, never mind. That was going to be a dumb question about her marrying her first cousin. 300 half-siblings, though. Yeah. Well, some of them were real. Or, or like, not real siblings. Full siblings. And then some of them were half. Yeah. 17 wives. This isn't Warren Jeffs. No, it's, no, no. It's not. Didn't, did we have we talked about them? No. No? I just watched. Well, um, they're also evil. I what's the what was the Netflix documentary Pray Sleep Keep or something like that? I don't know. I was gonna say Eat Pray Love, but it's not Eat Pray it's Love. Definitely it's definitely not, not Eat, Pray, Eat Pray, Love. Pray Love. Oh man, I couldn't finish the Mormon one. Well, you get you get a little knockoff today. Well, there was just too much assault happening in that. Knock it made today. me sad. Um, speaking of assault, ah! <laughs> let's get into it. Do we need to give a trigger warning? No, not really. Okay. Uh, okay, so uh, what exactly is the order, right? Well, that isn't the only name it goes by. It is also known as the Latter Day Church of Christ, not the Church of Latter Day Saints. The Latter Day Church of Christ, and not the LDS, but the LDCC. CC. Um, the Kingston Clan. Mm, you lost me there. Or the Davis County Cooperative Society. None of these names are good. No. They all are red flags. Well, they, got, they got the order. That's pretty ominous. That's scary, too, yeah. Um, that one sounds at least a little bit cool. But no matter what you call it, it basically was established uh, way back in 1935 by Charles Kingston. Charles had became angry that the Church of Latter-day Saints, which most of us, like we said, would refer to as the Mormon Church, um, which Charles had been a member of, was ditching the thing that Charles liked the best about his religion. Plural, marriage, like we had just mentioned. Uh, Kingston uh, wanted to still be able to have his, like, 15, 12-year-old wives. All right? That's all he wanted. He's like, let me keep let me keep my amount of wives where the amount is, is more than all of their ages. You know? That's so all. Gross. That's all I want. How dare you, Mormons, for giving that up. Uh, oh, so, so he began stirring up some some polygamy talk with other Mormons, all right, after the church divorced the plural marriage idea uh, in 1926. Oh, wow, that long ago. 1926. That's Almost 100 years ago. Yeah, that, that's actually kind of why. I mean, I'm sure that it was a slow break, right? But, yeah. you know, yeah. 
My favorite thing is that like uh, like Brigham Young, twelve year old wives for sure. Joseph Smith, twelve year old wives. Checkmate Mormons. Do y'all know how annoying twelve year olds are? They're super fucking annoying. Why would you ever want to marry one? Oh, you're a creepy old man. That's yeah, why they're so annoying. That's why uh, you're a pedophile. Oh, uh, that okay. one. Maybe that one. Um, so this fervor would eventually lead uh, to the Kingston to Charles Kingston's excommunication from the Mormon Church. They kicked him the fuck out. Um, but he took his multiple wives and some other plural marriage supporters and started a commune in Bountiful, Utah. This town's named named Bountiful. I'm not I describing figured. Utah, no, um, um, which is not very bountiful. Well, it I is beautiful there. I mean, it's okay. Well, I've never been there. I've just seen pictures. Great. It's okay. Colorado, Colorado's more beautiful. Yeah, I lived there. I lived in Arizona. Well, okay. not, I didn't live in Utah, but I, you know, I lived in the area. Mm, okay. Yeah. Um, but they still have a presence there to this day in Bountiful. Um, so as mentioned in the intro, uh, the order does not only believe in plural marriage, but also incestuous relationships in an attempt to keep their blood pure. Oh my God. This is like that yeah. Edgar Allan Poe story, the house yeah. of Usher, the fall of the house of Usher. Oh, that was the- one guy who liked his, who liked his, his, his sister. No, but they were, re- yeah, but weren't their parents incesty too, so that they could keep the bloodline pure. Hmm, I don't remember. I just read it recently and I remember them being like, wow, that guy really likes his sister. Um, but that was it. I also thought it was okay. There's a there's another thing about keeping the... Well, I think they used to just do that back in the day. It's the Royals. That's yeah. what I was about to talk about. That's yeah. what the, the Royals did. And we talked a little bit uh, in the Hawaii episode about why that's not a great idea. Yeah. You know? It's like the Whitaker family in West Virginia. Yeah. It's also like um, Harry Potter. Who is an incest in Harry Potter? It's not incest, but they're like, you know, they have like the pure bloods and like the mud bloods. And they're, well, yeah. like, and they're like, yeah, wizard, well, that just wizards. Makes sense. Wizards only fuck wizards. There's only so many wizards, though. So, you know, it's at some point you're like somebody's a cousin. Yeah, it's your second cousin. But if you're only going to if you're only going to dip your wand in some wizard action, right, then it, it, they're going to be related to you at least yeah, a little you bit. You got to put your wand in the right poison. Exactly. In the right potion. Yeah. Yeah. I bet Malfoy was a... You could probably cast a spell and be like... You're not my cousin anymore. Sister is no Morio, and then it's it's okay for like a night. Ah! <laughs> you know? It's, <laughs> it's fine. Oh, man. <laughs> but so the overall incest is... But also yeah. Harry Potter's fake. This is real. <laughs> Harry Potter's fake? Okay. What? That's That's not true. That's not true. There's a whole place. In, like, it's in Orlando. I've seen it. What what house are you in? A Ravenclaw. Mm. What do you think? You a Hufflepuff? Yeah. Of depends. You are. It depends on the test. If I need something found, I'll call you. Fucking Aww. loser. So I'm either a Hufflepuff or a Gryffindor, depending on the test. Yeah, you're a fucking Hufflepuff, let's be honest. Um, yeah. So, I'm not good at anything. Like, off of Harry Potter. Okay, sorry. Back, back to, back back to, to the Mormon. Back to the Order. Okay, back to incest. The it, Order of the Phoenix. It's obviously... Ooh, <laughs> nice tie-in. It's obviously not such a good idea. Yeah, uh, but the fact fuck that your cousin. These families can have so many kids... And the more kids, the more relationships that can be created, which means that their numbers 
have grown now to an estimated 3,500 members to this day. Well, be fruitful and multiply. Well, that's what they do. God told you to do it. Yeah, because it makes more of them. Yep. So that's just what they're trying to They're trying to take over. Well, it know? is. Uh, I mean, I will say across the board in Christianity, there is a message about having children so that you can create a bigger army for Christ. Yeah. And then you because because when you have children, you can brainwash them however you want. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you just you just make little tiny soldiers. Yeah. Little tiny God soldiers. Huh? That's crazy. I'm in the Lord's army. Yes, sir. I'm in the Lord's army. That's yes, that's wild because those same people I are like, let's stop making child armies. In the infantry and they're literally making the literally making a child army. You might as well support Pol Pot. Whoa. <laughs> I may never fly <laughs> over the enemy, but I'm in the Lord's army. Stop. Uh, they I al- sang that song so many times. They also, the order that is, have some interesting views on finances. Uh, they truly live in a uh, collective society. Uh, today, their members do not live on a big commune, but in normal houses, driving normal cars, and working normal jobs. But whatever compensation they earn from these jobs goes into a central fund controlled by the order, like a bank, a central financial unit, that is then distributed back to members based on need. Therefore, Whoa, that's interesting. Yeah, therefore, the financial dealings of all the members are monitored and controlled by the order. You give the money in that you make, and then you say, here's what I need for rent, here's what I need to pay these bills, and they give it back to you to pay those. So I have heard that um, Mormon breakout cults especially... That does kind of tend to be the system. It was. It was I just didn't yeah. know it was based on need. It was part of the. Well, it's it's based on need only. Just like you say what what you have to pay, and then they give it to you. Mm-hmm. It's actually uh, I forget the name of it, but it was a tenant in Mormonism that the that the core Mormon Church also gave up. So that's why a lot of these offshoots of the Mormon Church still do it because they're like fundamentalist where they're like this used to be what we do yeah so we're gonna we're gonna still do it and that's why we're also still gonna have 12 year old wives um because they kind of if you're a fundamentalist mormon they go a little bit together uh the order is currently spearheaded by nine brothers who are direct descendants from charles kingston which they also believe is like a direct line like back to christ but Mm -hmm. like whatever um and the primary leader of these nine brothers is Paul Kingston, who has been the figurehead since 1987. They've had like four Kingston leaders. He's the most recent one. He's still there. Um, um, it's like in North Korea. Just, I mean, it's just like dynastic, right? Yeah. I mean, it's like, unfortunately, a lot of things back in the day, that's all we did. We we're like, that family's the chosen family. Yeah. So. I mean, we see it still today in, in, you know, in a lot of European countries where, I mean, obviously they're figureheads at this point, but we still see it. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it's fair. I don't even know if a lot of places still have even a symbolic monarchy out there. More than you would expect. Yeah. I mean, the families are old there, right? So Mm -hmm. even, even if it's not a symbolic monarchy, Mm -hmm. they still have people or families that have been powerful for thousands of years. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, but one of these brothers, uh, one of the nine was Dave Kingston, who, as we mentioned, is Mary's dad. They all have very generic names. Oh, they're biblical names, whatever. And as mentioned, uh, he had many wives and multiple hundreds of children. And he had also served 
four years of a 10-year sentence earlier in his life for incest and unlawful sexual conduct after one of his wives, which happened to be his 16-year-old niece, ran away and made it to police. As far as, as I can tell, um, he he's pretty much the only one who's been charged with those kind of crimes. That's disgusting. Yeah, but he came back and he was, everyone was still like, yeah, we, we love this guy. He's still What like, happened to the niece? Did she like leader. break out? Yeah, she. I think she stayed out okay, good. Of, of it. Um, that poor thing. Which is funny, though, because they welcomed this guy back and he was still doing everything he was doing before, but they'll publicly be like, oh, we don't support underage marriage or we don't support... Yeah, right. Shut the fuck up. We don't support uh, incest or whatever. You're like... But you kind of do, though, because he came back and he's just doing everything and you were fine with it. So like, Yeah, you welcomed him back with open arms. Yeah. Um, now, there was Mary, who had been sent to get an associate's degree in accounting so that she could work in the Order's financial center where all the money comes in and out of. They literally have like a whole building, like an office building with people that that's their job. They control the finances in and out. I mean, they would kind of need it. Yeah, well, 3,500 people managing the finances of that many people? You got it. And that's, they do this. They send people out to get education so that they can work for the Order. So they'll be like... That's so. That is really interesting that they do that. Yeah, like expose them to the quote unquote like real world, and then have them come back. Well, so they're super monitored. So I guess Mary. Oh yeah, Mary said that when she went to school, she would have to get um, like transported there by her brother, and then picked up by him every single day, and that sometimes they would have people like go to class with her. So they're they're still watched. You yeah, know, but, yeah, yeah. But still, you're... But they do have them get an education. They have them, It's shocking that, especially as a woman, they're having her get an education. And then also just... She's still seeing things. Like, was she were they dressed like super Mormon? Like No, they don't dress fundamentalist at all. Oh. Okay. They dress normal. Okay. Yeah, just maybe, like, more modest. Like, you're not going to see any uh, crop tops and... Right, shorts, but, but like, they're not dressed in like the prairie dresses that sometimes you see in some of these other not. cults. Yeah, absolutely not. They're okay. just wearing like t-shirts and jeans, man. Like, oh, okay. very normal. Um, but they're not normal. They're not underneath. Um, <laughs> Mormon underwear joke. Didn't even think about that. Sure, oh. that's what I did. Yep. Oh man, that was such a smart, funny thing I said. That's awesome. Um, <laughs> While she was working in the financial center, uh, she began to get very familiar with the main topic of today's episode, Jacob Kingston. Jacob Kingston is not her dad. David Kingston is her dad. David Kingston. Is There's a dad. lot of Kingstons. They're called the Kingston clan. Uh, they love that name. Um, but yes, Jacob Kingston is the main is the main person of today. David Kingston is Mary's dad. But he was a top-ranking official within the organization. They literally had, like, um, they have this group called the Numbered Men, where literally they have, they they get numbers. So Jacob Kingston was number 95. And that's, like, their elite. If you make it to being, like, high up in the group, they give you a number. Do, is it the Mormons that believe that only a certain amount of people are going to heaven? No, that's Calvinism. But Jacob Kingston was a numbered man. All right, uh... And he was pulling in the most money of all of the Order's members. But underneath all that money lingered even more skeletons in his family's closet. Bum, bum, bum. So, Jacob Kingston was an educated man, all right? He, 
He received his doctorate in mechanical engineering from the University of Utah in 2006. For what reason? The order sent him to get a, a doctorate? A job that pays money. Oh, heard. You know? um, and immediately upon his graduation, he wanted to find a way to contribute to the order. Uh, Jacob had the idea to get into the business of making biodiesel. Now, if you aren't familiar with biodiesel, uh, it is a fuel that can be made from various oils such as vegetable oil, animal fat, or even used fryer grease from restaurants, uh, the latter of which supposedly makes the car smell like french fries while you're driving it around. I would be starving all the time. That's what I'm saying. I, it's funny. I knew you'd say that, you'd be like, but I'll be so hungry. Yeah, I would be. <laughs> yeah, you want to just like... I love french fries. Take a swig out of your gas tank. That, then if you're siphoning gas, maybe it, maybe it doesn't Ooh. taste so bad, huh? Huh? You're gonna get fucking robbed. All your all your gas is I'm gonna, gonna get drink stolen. All my gas. I was like, all your gas is gonna stolen because the thieves are gonna be like, that one tastes good. That one tastes good. I'm going back for another large Capri Sun. Have you ever had your gas siphoned? No, but wow. I just got like no one was stealing it out in Arizona, and I just got a car here. And it's locked, so it'd be hard I've to get in there. I've definitely had my gas siphoned. Nice. Not here though, in Ohio. Nice. Is that a euphemism? Or? Absolutely. Um, gross. Um, Jacob was intrigued with this business because the government at this time had recently introduced tax credits for companies that made biodiesel as a uh, going green initiative. And at the time, the government was basically giving you around $2 a gallon just to make the biodiesel. And then you still got to keep all of the profits from selling the fuel after that. Interesting. So they give you a tax credit for every gallon you make. And then you get to sell it at whatever market price is and, and get it back. Um, so with dollar signs in his eyes, Jacob Kingston started his company, Washakie Renewable Energy. Was that like the county? Well, it's either named for the ghost town in Utah and or a prominent Native American leader. I'm not sure which one it is, but I kind of doubt the Native American leader, just given their whole vibe. Yeah. You know? Yeah, that doesn't um, seem very on brand. Yeah, I searched Washakie. The only thing that came up was, like, ghost town, Native American leader from, hmm. like, the early 1900s. Interesting. Who knows? Um, they built a plant, though, in the middle of nowhere, Utah, in a small town called Plymouth, and almost exclusively employed members of the order, including Jacob Kingston's mother and his first wife, Sally. Those are two different people, correct? His mother and his first wife? Yes, his mother's name is Rachel. But it's, yes, you would, you do need to ask that. I do need to ask. Um, and by the way, when I say first wife, I obviously don't mean oh, they no. got divorced. Right. No, no, sister wife. Yeah, first of first of a few. Um, I think he had three, so a little bit more modest than David. Kept it to three instead of seventeen. Okay. Uh, Could you? Oh my god, I I have a struggle when my roster gets past three. That's <laughs> because it's hard for you to count any higher than that's that. That's true. Like, what the fuck? What comes gotta remember a lot of things about those people. Then what comes after three? And then you gotta remember names. And you're yeah. Like, oh man, I don't and things that. about them. Yeah. I mean, not really, but. You save their phone number in your phone now. You don't got to remember shit. That's um, true. 
So the thing was, though, is that even though there was all of this government subsidy around biodiesel production, this was still an awful business move to make this plant in Plymouth, Utah. Okay, uh, most biodiesel, at least at scale, is made from vegetable oil. All right, uh, as we have kind of an excess amount of it from food processing. We make a lot of vegetable oil, all right? It's it, it's the only thing you can source in that high of an amount. And a lot of vegetable oil comes from corn, canola, stuff like that. Now, Nyla, you're good at geography. Where's most of the corn in America at? It's going to be from the Midwest. Yeah, is it in Plymouth fucking Utah? No. Exactly. All right. You, you think it was a good place to build it there? I would not have built it there. No. I would have gone to Iowa. No. It was stupid and it was bad because he wanted to be next to all of his fucking uh, family uh, family uh, sexual partners, whatever. I don't know. Uh, well, they probably wouldn't let him leave. He probably wouldn't want to either. You know? Well, whatever. right. Uh, so, no, of course not. It, it costs Washakie a high premium to get the oil delivered to them in order to produce the biodiesel in the first place, because they're trucking it all the way out. Yeah, and that's the gonna, oil, that like kills your $2 incentive from the government. Yeah, and then they also have to ship it out to a place where mm -hmm. people want it, right? Um, and that's exactly the thing. The next problem was, who wanted it? Uh, according to the Department of Energy, for the year of 2010, when Washakie was at its height of operation, the average price of gasoline nationally was $2.78 a gallon. What a time to be! What a time to be driving. Paid four twenty nine uh, the other day. I paid four twenty seven today. All right, inflation, goddammit. Um, and diesel at this time was three dollars and seven cents a gallon. High grade biodiesel, known as B ninety nine and B one hundred, which is ninety nine and one hundred percent biodiesel respectively, because you can mix it with regular diesel, and I guess that's fine. Um, that, at the time, was going for $3.82 a gallon. And even lower-grade biofuel, uh, B20, was going for $3.14 a gallon. So the main takeaway from this being that there are other... That biodiesel costs more per gallon than all other forms of gasoline at the time. Well, I mean, that makes sense. It's a new thing. It's... Yeah, but but when you look at it from well, a, yeah, people aren't going to buy it yeah, from a business perspective. Why would you buy biodiesel, which you can only source from special developers, and usually I think engines needed like a special kind of tubing to be able to take it. So it's a small fix, but you do need to like you do usually need a special type of tubing at, to at, take it. Yeah, at least one hundred percent bio biodiesel. Mm -hmm. um, and yeah, I mean, you can get a literal cheaper alternative from every single gas station in America. Yeah. Right. Um, and it's cheaper. So, like, why would you do that? And that's what the subsidies were supposed to help with. Right. That That's the idea behind subsidies. It's like we give you some money and then that makes it cheap enough or at least close to cheap enough that people want to buy it because it makes a difference. Um but even then, Washakie was barely treading water. Because of these dire circumstances, this is when Jacob Kingston decided to fudge things just a little bit to keep the lights on, right? What if 
All right, what if you could convince the government that you had made the biodiesel when you did not make the biodiesel? Then you would get the subsidies for doing nothing. With this genius idea, he had his sister, wife, brother, daughters working at his company falsify some paperwork to pretend that the biodiesel they had bought from another company was actually vegetable oil, all right? They would then sell this to another biodiesel company as biodiesel, uh, to them at least, and collect the $2 per gallon subsidy for making it from Uncle Sam, then the next biodiesel company could just do the same, all right? Free money for everyone. And over the course of about three years, Jacob Kingston had used the ploy with Washakie to amass around $10 million, which, of course, is bad. But things were going to ramp up in a big way. At Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care, and we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI. It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Enter Lev Derman. That's made up. It is made up. How'd you know? That sounds so fake. His real name is uh, Levon Termengian. That sounds more made up. A.K.A. The Lion. Also, Lev Derman is, it's not completely made up. It's, it's a common Turkish name. Oh, sorry. Yeah. Um, by the way, he really liked being called the lion. So that that's what he would prefer is if you'd, if you'd be like, my name my name is Lev Derman. But, but, and these but please, are my two wives, the witch and the wardrobe. Please call me the <laughs> It's uh, It's kind of funny you mentioned that because his middle name, he, he took on the name Lev Derman because he got really close with like the Turkish government, like straight up. Is like, this man Turkish? No, he's Armenian. Uh, but, um, he, okay. but he really liked Turkey. And he took as his middle name is Aslan. Which is Turkish for lion, and also the name of the lion in, in the Lion, the, the Witch, Witch, and the Wardrobe. Um, wow, this man is making C.S. Lewis proud. So yeah, he, he he wanted you to use the lion almost exclusively. Uh, he had lions everywhere, statues of him in his office, in front of his house, all the time. Uh, he also named all of his companies with the name Lion in it, Lion Financial Group. You know, all these things, except for his energy company, which, of course, was named Noyle Energy, which is lion backwards. I think this man had a fixation. Yeah, he's crazy. Um, and, yeah, in his middle name is Aslan. You know, it's uh, not not just a, a character that's a metaphor for Jesus. And, you know, it's also funny is that they, they 
like Turkish delight is a big thing in that book. I think there's some Turkish influence in there. I guess there has to be. I don't know. I don't know enough about Turkey, but these two things together, maybe something. Maybe uh, C.S. Lewis did mission work in Turkey. Uh, Jacob Kingston met Lev Derman after a $700,000 shipment of biodiesel that was going to a company in India arrived on shore only to be greeted by the company that was purchasing it to have gone bankrupt during oh, shipping. Bummer. So Jacob now needed to sell this biodiesel and quick. It only has a shelf life of six months. Oh. So, which, by the way, did you know that's also just regular gasoline? I knew it wasn't good forever. Three to six months. I knew it wasn't good forever because that was like the issue with, well, yeah, they, that's why they tell you not to fill up a bunch of gas tanks. Yeah. I, I never thought about that until doing this research. I was like, oh. Yeah, that yeah. makes sense. Hmm. Well, so Interesting. Now, now you all know at home, uh, gas goes bad. So drink it now, all right, because it will expire. Um, so Jacob needed to sell this biodiesel and quick when out of nowhere comes the Armenian immigrant, Lev, to the rescue. He says, I will buy the fuel. And that he also had some ideas for how they can make even more money together because Lev Derman was kind of a con man, okay? Uh, Derman and Jacob formed an idea that instead of just moving biodiesel around in the States to different companies like he already was, they could do that same thing, but internationally. They started shipping the same order of biodiesel around the world, saying they exported it as biodiesel and then imported back more feedstock for the biodiesel process, um, such as vegetable oil. So they were doing that same kind of scheme between companies, but now with like big freighters of like biodiesel internationally. Okay, so sorry. I think I misunderstood. So they've got this biodiesel that they bought, mm -hmm. and then they're selling the biodiesel that they bought to Walmart. We're just saying Walmart. Yeah. Then Walmart takes that same biodiesel and sells it to Lowe's. And then Lowe's takes that same biodiesel and but, sells it to Target. Yes. But whenever whenever one of those gets it, they don't say the company receiving it doesn't say they're buying biodiesel. They say we're buying vegetable oil to make biodiesel. But the company that's selling the biodiesel says we're selling biodiesel. Okay. Yeah, because people would look at it and be like, why are you buying biodiesel and why are you selling biodiesel? Yeah, you, you don't get the you, money if you just buy and sell it. You have to make it. Yeah. So, so they lie on the invoices and say they bought vegetable oil and then turned it into biodiesel, but really they're just shuffling around the same biodiesel. What they're doing This is like when I worked at Cracker Barrel and we didn't want to roll silverware. So then we would take the same bucket of one we, one person would roll silverware, and then everybody else would take that same bucket of silverware and show it to the manager, and he would sign all of our silverware. But really, instead of six things of silverware, only one got rolled. You're all assholes, and I would have hated if you were closer. <laughs> and that's all I'll say about that. It's on the manager for not actually checking. No, you're being deceptive. That's on you. You were being an 21. asshole. Twenty-one. You were all being assholes. You and all the forty-five-year-old busted-ass old white conservative women that worked at that Cracker Barrel with you. It was all. It was all your faults. Mm -hmm. Um. 
Yes, it is kind of like that. Um, the only difference was is that here, when they're doing it internationally, they're not even actually selling it. They're just lying. They're just transporting it around and saying they sold it to someone in another country and then just like moving it back around to other places. Interesting. Um, and it's huge volumes as well, way bigger than what they were doing it previously. Uh, they set up this racket primarily between uh, India and Panama and Singapore. And between 2010 to 2018, that $100 million that Jacob had stolen previously ballooned as the company filed for over $1.1 billion in tax credits during this time, with the government paying $511 million of that $1.1 billion that was claimed. And I can't get health insurance. And you can't get health insurance. You should have made biodiesel. Then they would have given you money. Fuck, bro. So Kingston and Derman then tried to find ways to launder the money because you can't just make all that money, right? Um, and one of the best ways they could do this is by gifting things to each other. Um, they each bought each other Rolexes that were worth in excess of $100,000 each. Uh, one Rolex? One Rolexes get fucking expensive, dude. Yeah. I don't... Sorry, I've never bought a Rolex. And you never will, but they're very expensive. You don't know that. Even the cheapest ones are like 25 grand. You're gonna, buy one, you're gonna buy one of those? No. Even if I was rich, I'd be like, I'm not buying a fucking Rolex. I could spend $25,000 on so many other things. You could literally just like go to paradise, like to Bali for like three months. And still not spend that much money. Exactly. And not work. I thought you were talking about like uh, paradise, like India or, or Indiana. <laughs> mm, mm. Just like, why would I want to go too. there? You could live there for $25,000. Yeah. You could buy all the PCP, which there is a lot probably in a town named Paradise, Indiana, for like a quarter of that. And then you just People have, still have, do have that. a fun couple of months. I'm sure someone out there is PCP. Yeah. I'm not a drug guy. You're not a What? <laughs> That's fine. Uh, so, Jacob, Jacob German or Jacob bought Derman uh, a $1.8 million Bugatti Veyron as well, um, which, of course, Lev returned the gift with a chrome Lamborghini and a gold Maserati. So, he got two cars. Um, Derman also paid for a $3.5 million mansion for Kingston in none other than the beautiful town of Sandy, Utah. I don't know where the fuck that is, but that's where he wanted the mansion. So that's why would you want a man? All right, that's where he got it. I mean, man's got to be in Utah. I just am looking at where it is. I've been googling a lot of things this episode. It takes nineteen hours to get there. Oh well, road trip. Yeah, let's, let's go to Sandy, Utah. If we get in the car right now, we'll be there by like six p.m. It tomorrow. Is, it's not that far from Salt Lake. Oh well. Well, that was where they were headquartered, so I figured it wouldn't be too far. Um, yeah, because there's it, and there's Salt Lake. No, well, there you go. So he has a $3.5 million mansion out there. Uh, meanwhile, German bought himself a luxury hotel in California and a $12 million yacht that he kept in Turkey. Once again... What the I fuck? The yacht's more expensive than the mansion? Yeah. That's dumb. It, they built it in Sandy, Utah, all right? Um... Yachts are expensive, man. I don't know what to tell you. Uh, it's hey, a, like it's a it. house, but on the water. Hey, yeah, I like it's it a yacht. Uh, you, you yacht to be kidding me, but it's that expensive. We've done these already. I know, but they won't remember. They get, they do. You don't remember. They might remember. 
I think you remember, listeners. I, I give you more credit than that. How dare you? That was like five seasons ago. Yeah, someone out there remembers. It's called a callback. You think, or, you think, you think they all have dementia? No, but I'm all just right? saying that. Alzheimer's? That everyone that listens to this is 75 years old and someone their their kids just turned it on so they could have something to listen to so they want to talk to them for any longer? Is that what you think this is? And they're sitting there going like, who are these people? It's just a callback. Why are they talking about incest so much? I are feel weird. I feel weird. Do and then you they know just, them? They just say that over and over again because they forgot they said it in 30 seconds. No, that's not our listeners. Our listeners are smart. Smarter than me, actually, I think. So Lev Derman, he kept his yacht in Turkey. Like I said, he got he had really close ties with politicians. There's a lot of strings there I'm not going to get into, but he did. He also bought himself a waterfront mansion in California, which I'm sure cost a little bit more than the one in Sandy, Utah. Uh, also, like many people we talk about, Lev loved private jets and was known to fly his all around the world. And obviously, that's it. I think he had multiple. He had like three jets. So that's expensive, right? Um, the order always preached living modestly, right? And communally. But it seems as if they turned a blind eye to Kingston's extravagant spending during this time, probably because he funneled $30 million from the scheme into the church's pockets during the entire duration. Probably could write it off as a charitable donation, too. Probably. Uh, but the spending of the men was incredibly brazen. You So brazen, you might think, why did they think they could do this? Um, and this was partly because... they're dumb. Well, one of them was dumber than the other because this was partly because Lev Derman was involved with the Armenian mafia in L.A. Everyone has a mafia. What, you feel left out? You have yeah, some mafia honestly. FOMO? You can join one too, man. They what, the, the Ohio Mafia? Yeah, it's called the Nazis. No. The gang gang gang. Yeah. That's, that's the white Ohio Mafia that would take you. I don't even you. think that's a mafia. It basically is. I don't know. I just want to like go in a basement and so, smoke big old cigarettes and like you can just do have that. some danger. You can just do that. And have a rich boyfriend. You can do all and of like, this without being in a mafia. He buys me fur coats. Okay, you can still do all of this without being in a mafia. What is the mafia thing you want? You I don't know. Like, it sounds wanna, cool. You want to kill a guy, huh? I don't. You want to murder a guy, Nina? I just want to know my boyfriend. Is that what you want to be in a me. mafia? No, I just want to know my boyfriend will do it for me. You want to date a murderer? Okay, it just depends on like why he committed murder. You know? Oh I'm my just god! Kidding. I'm, I'm kidding, not everybody. listening to this. guys. I'm kidding. So Lev Derman, this is a joke. He's in the Armenian mafia in L.A. and he had convinced poor dumb Mormon adjacent cousin fucker Jacob Kingston <laughs> that he had a secret underground network of connections to corrupt cops and politicians all on Derman's payroll that he called the umbrella of protection. He didn't have that though. Or he did have it. Not really. Okay. They got caught. You think he had it? No. So Jacob believed that this would make it virtually impossible for the men ever to be investigated or charged for their crimes. And references to the umbrella were found in multiple communications between the two men. So he clearly never saw The Departed. I haven't seen The Departed. So what? I'm sure. Is it, is it like this? There's an undercover cop who blows the mafia cover. Oh, he blows the mafia? I've seen that video. Yeah. It's, um, shit. What's that guy's name? 
Matt Damon. Al Capone, my God, I'm going to come. I love that. <laughs> I love that. That's my favorite mafia-themed gay porn, actually. And there's a lot, so to pick really? one favorite one. No, this is no. a joke. Jesus. I feel, but there's a porn for everything. If there's not SpongeBob SquarePants porn, there's mafia porn. Now I want to Google mafia No, porn. later. Uh, so even stupider is that Jacob paid handsomely for this privilege. The way the cuts broke down is that Lev Derman got 25% of the proceeds from the scheme. All right. Kingston got 25% of the proceeds and 50% went to pay the umbrella. What? Which basically means that Lev Derman got 75% because the umbrella did not exist, at least not in the capacity that Jacob Kingston thought that it did. What a dumbass. It's, it's highly believed that Lev Derman just thought that, well, Jacob Kingston's going to get caught at some points, but I'm not going to get caught because he can just fuck off to Turkey mm-hmm. or, you know, he can just like. Yeah, and just able, not come back. They're like, oh, it was his business, right? Because it was technically his. It was Kingston's business. Um, and just so he thought he could get away. Um, but. People were starting to ask questions, uh, small umbrella or not. And in 2015, the IRS was starting to get suspicious about the large amounts of money that they were paying to Washakie and conducted their first audit of the company. Supposedly, during the audit, the IRS investigators would ask for additional paperwork, and these people at Washakie would be making it in the back on, like, Microsoft Word or some shit. Um, Paint. Yeah, they're like literally making it as they're asking for it. Um, and even though even though they were doing that, they passed the audit. They 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 flying colors. They got audited a couple times. That's the Lord. God did that. Also, that's where it was good that they were all members of the order that worked there because they were all like, "Yeah, we'll lie." Yeah, I mean, well, you're going to hell. Like, we don't fucking care. If you don't do it, you're going to hell. Yeah, we'll lie. That's a good incentive. But uh, covertly, at the same time, the EPA also started an investigation into the company. Uh, for a while, though, all of this effort turned up nothing. Jacob had funneled the money through multiple bank accounts, many of which were under the control of the order, which, because of its secrecy, the feds didn't know that these companies and accounts were actually related to Jacob Kingston. They just saw all of these unrelated accounts that they couldn't find ties to Jacob Kingston to getting money and dealing with money from them. So they thought it was all kind of above board. Um, that is until Mary Kingston ran away from the cult to be with the man that she met in college. Whore! And he, con- and he convinced her to approach the FBI with what she knew about the incest and what she knew about the financial crimes going on at the order, including Washakie Renewable Energy uh, from her time working in the financial center. Hey, there's some incest going on. Also, financial crime. So much financial crime. Uh, After hundreds of hours of meetings, the FBI finally decided to make a move. And in February of 2016, the FBI raided the offices of Washakie and the Order Financial Center. And what they turned up was absolutely nothing. The Fed said that when they raided the offices, they found the hard drives of all the computers completely wiped. So someone tipped them off. And even noticed dust patterns that seemed to insinuate that folders had just been there previously but hadn't been removed in the rush. Damn, someone tipped him off. It turns out 
the umbrella was at least kind of real. As someone in the know contacted Jacob Kingston a few days before the raid, which gave them just enough time to hide or destroy any evidence of their crimes. Well, at least they destroyed everything in the offices. Unfortunately for them, they could not wipe all of the Washakie emails that were housed on an external server by a third-party company. And once the feds got their hands on the emails, they found detailed communications of all the crimes committed by Jacob Kingston and Lev Derman. In August of 2018, Jacob Kingston was arrested while attempting to board a plane to Turkey. His brother Isaiah, who had acted as the CFO of Washakie, was arrested later that day. And the lion, Lev Derman, was arrested after entering a government building to discuss a completely unrelated matter. Just walked into a federal building. He like has like, a parking ticket and he's trying to contest. <laughs> I'm not I'm not paying this, okay? I was there for two hours and one minute, and it was two hour parking. Uh, what, what did you say your name was again, sir? I'm the lion! <laughs> I just like swap people break in. Get on the fucking ground! All this because I was one minute over, over the, on parking. the parking. Uh, uh, Jacob Derman and Isaiah uh, are all charged with an excess of 40 counts of fraud and money laundering. Each or total? I think they all got charged with the same counts. Um, additionally, many others are slapped with charges relating to the case, including Jacob's mother, and his wife, once again, separate people, um, after submitting not guilty pleas, all of them, except for Derman, decide to take a, a plea deal and agree to testify against Lev in his trial. So they all kind of turn on Lev Derman. Damn. And be like, okay, that's the guy. We'll all turn on him. The poachers get the lion. Nice. Thank you. Nice. Thank you. Uh, the trial lasts seven weeks. The jury deliberates for eight hours and Lev Derman is found guilty on 10 counts of fraud and money laundering in April of this year. That took a long time. Yeah. The raid was in 2016. They got arrested in 2018. Their sentencing was actually delayed because of COVID. Yeah. That makes sense. So, you know, it did take a while, but in April of this year, he was sentenced to 40 years in prison. So he'll probably die there. He's in his like fifties, sixties. Yeah. Um, Jacob Kingston was sentenced to 18 years, Isaiah to 12, Jacob's mother to seven, and his wife got six. So what are they doing with all those kids? You know, there's a bunch of other people. They have like, they have like four other moms. They're fine. All right. They're fine. I'm worried about them. Oh yeah. I mean, I'm worried about them for completely different reasons than their dad going to jail, but yeah. Well, their mom and dad are in jail. They have other moms. Yeah, but they don't love them. They don't love this mom either. You don't know that. I hope. I hope. They no, don't. I meant the moms. The other moms don't love those kids. Oh, I don't know. Whatever. Maybe they do. Maybe they've lied to themselves enough that they actually believe it. And who knows? I don't know. Usually, there's a lot of hostility and stuff. Yo, just jealousy. You, just because you didn't push it out of your vagina doesn't mean you can't love it. I know, but I know with like plural marriages, sometimes there's like a lot of jealousy. There's a lot of jealousy in regular marriages. I guess that's true. Um, Derman was ordered to pay 
in excess of $442 million in restitution to the IRS. Whoa. With an additional $181 million money judgment against him. And Jacob Kingston was ordered to pay the full $511 million back to the IRS as restitution, plus a $338 million money judgment. Unfortunately, even with Mary coming forward, though, there have not been any additional charges brought against the order. They still exist and are doing shady business to this day. Damn. So Mary may have escaped the oppression that was all she had ever known since she was born. But over 3,000 people still remain within the order, and Mary will most likely never be able to keep contact with anyone that she spent her formative years growing up with. She's ostracized. She helped expose the lies of Jacob Kingston, and plenty of years in prison were handed out on her behalf. But it would be a lie saying that that was her, motive, her main motivation behind contacting authorities. As the order is continuing to this day to perpetuate their ideas of incest and underage forced marriage to these young girls to much, or of these young girls to much older men. And since this is White Collar's Red Hands, do you really think that Wachakee Renewable Energy was the only business that deals in the shadows on the books for the order? The members, and therefore the order itself, owns businesses all across Utah and maybe even further reaching than that. So that you never know whether the convenience store, pawn shop, grocery store, law firm, accounting firm, or any other business you ever walk into might just be contributing to one of the largest and most dangerous cults still in existence. Hey, but at least if you buy biofuel, now it's probably not made by by uh, incest polygamists. That was ominous. Maybe. Well, that's the thing. I guess they do, they do own a lot of businesses. This might have been the biggest one, but but to say that they don't still have influence is not accurate. Yeah. So damn, they do. So that's it. That's the story of Jacob Kingston and the Lion, and Washakie Renewable Energy and the Order. That was a good one. That's crazy, man. It's a yeah. wild story. So. Uh, I'm glad that they're finally in prison, and then, you know it, it did take a little bit because yeah, they deserved it. Literally a couple months ago, so. Well, yeah, and then it's also like, how many people did Jacob Kingston also like commit sex crimes against that we don't even know about? Yeah, I don't know. Like, and his brother Isaiah. So, like, I'm glad they're in jail. It's literally they're dangerous people, whether or not yeah. like the white collar crime was committed or not. Yeah, it's it's the whole cult. It's the white collar crime is the reason we know. About the cult, right? Because mm-hmm. um, they do they do keep kind of a low profile. Well, I hadn't heard of them. Yeah. Until today. So, you know, hopefully you don't have to run in with them too much. So, you know, unless you're living in Utah, you're probably not going to see any of the, the Kingston clan around. So, because obviously they like to stay there. Uh, but yeah, I mean, thank you guys so much for listening to this week's episode uh i hope you enjoyed we hope you enjoyed if you did enjoy it and and you want to throw us some love back then please feel free doing that either by leaving us uh, a rating on apple podcasts or spotify um you can also write a review if you're on apple Podcasts and, and you're you're the wordy kind you can do that support us that way we love it um you can follow us on our socials stay in contact facebook.com slash white collars red hands 
Twitter at White Collars Pod, Instagram at White Collars underscore Red Hands. Uh, you can also follow us on TikTok at uh, White Collars Red Hands there. You can drop a line to us through our email as well, uh, whitecollarsredhands at gmail.com, or you can go to our website, whitecollarsredhands.com, and contact us through there. And hey, while you're there, you might as well click that button that says check out the merch and, and get a shirt, wear it around, and then uh, tell people everything you've learned about uh, the order. And you can you can enlighten other people on uh, Mormon-adjacent cults that you can, commit financial crimes. You can order our merch. Can I take your order? Hey. Tell a friend. <laughs> Tell a friend. Make make them make them listen uh, as you you monologue at them. That's what I love doing is monologuing at my friends while they desperately want me to stop. Uh, so do the, so do that, but do it about white collars, red hands. It would really really help us out. Um, Hell yeah, yeah. And I think that is all of it. That's all she wrote. So thank you guys so much again, and we'll see you. Next week on another episode of White Collars, Red Red Hands. Hands. Oh, Jesus. That was my order voice. Oh, yeah?